Juggling motherhood and modern day life can be stressful and relentless, but it doesn't need to be this way. The Joy of Being podcast is the answer to maternal mental health, bringing sustainable relief and calm to hardworking mums everywhere so that you, your family and work can thrive. My name is Marina Pearson and I'm your host, transformational coach and mum who loves to interview business owners, transformational professionals, and creatives to have insightful conversations about what it takes to really live a life that is thriving, fulfilling, and full of joy. And today I've got some amazing news. You can now order your very own version of the Joy of Being book, supporting hardworking mums to stress less and live more. If you're the type of mum who is struggling with the burdens of motherhood or modern day life, then this will be a perfect book for you. If you're curious, you want to know more and you want to see what's up with that book, you can do so at www.marinapearson.com slash order. On today's show, we have the beautiful Rohini Ross. I met Rohini back in April of 2019 at the 3TBC conference in LA and I immediately gravitated towards her and her energy. And when it came to sort of going, okay, the first podcast of this year, which one will it be? I thought and reflected on, let's do this about relationships. Let's do this about intimacy. Because at the end of the day, when I speak to most people about what they want, it really comes down to one thing. They want connection. They want intimacy. They want to be with someone that they really love and cherish. So I decided to start the year with this beautiful soul where we talked about how it's possible to create deep intimacy from a place of effortless and ease. She lives at Topanga CA with Angus and she's been married for over 20 years. She's two teenage daughters and she loves spending time in nature, hiking and reading, uh, watching films, eating delicious food and having fun with friends and family. She's also on the faculty at the University of Santa Monica from 2011 to 2016 and she's a regular blogger for the Huffington Post and Thrive Global and the founder of the Soul Centered series. She has an international coaching practice and she works for corporations and offers workshops uh, with one year long apprentices and six month coaching clients. So if you're having issues with your relationship, intimate relationship, and you'd love to find a way to create more deep intimacy within it, then this is going to be a great episode for you. Enjoy. So welcome everybody. And on today's show, I have the wonderful Rohini Ross. I met Rohini in... uh, LA at the 3PGC conference that I was at in April and just love what she was up to. And ever since I've been following her stuff and as well as her husband's Angus, right? That's his name. Yes. yes. It right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they're everything relationship uh, orientated. So I know that we haven't had that many relationship podcasts over over the last two years, but, um, and so this is why I wanted to focus on, on doing one again. So welcome Rahini. Thank you so much for having me. It's wonderful to speak with you, have this time with you. So I'd love to start with um, what got you interested in this whole area of relationships and why why did you decide to focus on it in the way that you do? Um, it really, the relationship area, it kind of unfolded organically. I'm trained as a therapist, so I'm trained to work in a lot of different areas. When I came across the understanding of the principles, at the time I was feeling really kind of discouraged as a therapist and 
and on the leadership team of a behavioral health company, working with families that were struggling. And I was just feeling like I was not able to maintain the level of intensity that was required of me with everything that I was doing. And at the time, it looked like it was because of my job. So that was the main issue in my life. And so then when I came across the understanding, it shifted the whole way that I saw working with people in terms of no longer wanting to focus on the problems, fixing them, fixing the problems, focusing on the issues, delving into emotional catharsis work. Like it just really shifted that approach. And one of the wonderful things is it transformed my relationship with the work that I was doing. But something that I wasn't expecting is that it really transformed my relationship with Angus. And (laughs) I wasn't even looking in that direction. But I would say that hit me so profoundly that we could have a relationship that um, was working and functional, but I didn't know what else was available in terms of the level of intimacy, level of trust, level of internal safety within myself, because fundamentally that was what was shift. That is what shifted inside of me is that I found a deeper connection with my own okayness good enoughness, well-being, whatever you want to put a, put a name on that, my true nature. I just had a deeper experience of that. And one of the most profound areas that shifted was our marriage and my ability to be in the marriage um, fully committed, not ever thinking about jumping out anymore as I was well into the marriage. And, uh, and we just... Um, started getting along in a way that I didn't even know was possible. And I started being way less sensitive in the relationship in a way that I didn't think was possible. So it just became a lot more fun, a lot easier. And because then Angus got interested in the work, we just started working with couples. We just really found a lot of joy sharing what we'd learned with other people. And so it was just a very natural extension of what we both seen for ourselves. That's so beautiful. I love that. I love the fact that um, you you saw that actually there <laughs> there was no reason to jump. <laughs> um, so, in terms of working with couples, what have you seen? Like, what are some of the most profound shifts that you've seen that have, like, to sort of explain a little bit more to those that are listening. How you? How could you possibly help them? So, um, you know, is it everybody? Is it? Um, are there any specific stories that you can share that you were like, "Oh my god!" Like that's amazing. <laughs> well, one of the um, one of the stories we're actually uh, putting it together in a podcast right now. So we we have permission to kind of share their story as long as we keep them anonymous. But it was one of those. You know, we get couples that come to see us in a whole range of situations. Some couples just want to have a deeper experience of the love in their relationship and and really deepen that intimacy. Some couples are on the other end of the spectrum and they're, you know, we this is our this is our last stop. If this doesn't work, we're out of this relationship. And that that was one of those situations where divorce papers had been written up and served, um, but yet they wanted to give it one final chance. And what we really look at with all of the couples that we work with that are struggling and, um, you know, really uh, feeling 
discouraged and not hopeful about the relationship. We really want um, them to know that we're not attached to any outcome. So we're not there to make sure they stay married or fix the relationship. But what we are there to do is to help each one of them have a deeper connection with their own experience of who they are, their own um, connection with their own wisdom, their own internal safety. And from that place of um, deeper connection deeper awareness of self, then make decisions about the relationship from there. And so that was really what we did with this couple. We worked with them. We tend to work with couples on um, in a retreat format. So we take four days to spend the time with them so that they can really slow down, get settled. Angus and I work with them one-on-one. We spend some time together, but most of the work is done one-on-one. And we really help them to see how their partner their circumstance is not responsible for their internal suffering. First and foremost, we want them to have freedom to connect with an experience of um, love, joy, their inner value and worth. We want them to get back connected with that and to remember who they are and to remember the wisdom that's available to them. And from there, they get their own insights about the relationship. They get their own recognition of what makes sense and what doesn't make sense based on sort of having a new vantage point to look at the relationship. So fundamentally, the bulk of the work is on stripping away all of the habitual thinking and the conditioning that has people look at their partner and blame them for how they feel. I mean, that happens across the board in so many relationships. You know, you did this, now I feel this way. Well, when they really see that their experience is coming from inside and their their relationship with their own thinking is where emotions come from, then that opens up a whole new vantage point to have a different relationship with their own thoughts. And then through that, have a different experience internally where they can not be a victim to the, the other person in the relationship to really find their own um, sense of agency and sense of empowerment through recognizing that how they feel doesn't come from outside of themselves and that they have access to peace of mind, to love, to happiness, no matter what. And I'm not saying that we're going to feel that all the time, but someone can't take that away from you. And so through that journey, what we really got to explore with them is to help them see that more deeply. And, you know, from the intensive, they, they really got to a beautiful place where they really wanted to recommit to the relationship. Now we went on quite the journey with them afterwards in the follow-up sessions, because there was kind of some, some shakeups that still needed to, to be sorted out, but fundamentally where they landed. And again, we weren't attached to where they landed, but they landed in the place of both being um, genuinely committed to being with each other and uh, being in the relationship in a new way where uh, they weren't holding the other person responsible and they weren't feeling victimized by the other person's personality traits because we're all going to have our good days and our bad days. We're not always going to behave perfectly. So a relationship has to be able to withstand our partner's highs and lows. 
And when we understand that it's not personal, it's so much easier to weather the other person's moods when they come, knowing that they're going to go, knowing that's not who they are, recognizing it's not about us and it's simply about them um, getting caught up and being in a low mood. It makes it so much easier to ride out those times as a couple with less uh, hurt and less um, conflict. And so, you know, we supported them in, in seeing how that was possible for them. That's really beautiful. And so I'm assuming that when you say internal safety, well, actually, I'm not going to assume. I'm going to ask, what does that mean? <laughs> so for me, it's, it's like recognizing that the, safe, the, the experience of safety that I, you know, can look for on the outside isn't ever going to be found there. But if I look inside, there's an, there's an experience, there's a space of peace and okayness that, that is there when, when we look inward, that that's available to every single one of us. It doesn't mean that we're going to always experience it and be connected with it all the time. But when, when I'm not connected with it, I have um, at least a, hopefully will remember at some point that it's going to be through looking inward and through looking for that space inside of myself that I'm going to find what I'm looking for. And I spent many years in the, um, in, you know, the same position that most of our clients. I spent many years thinking that my life would be better if Angus were different. I really, um, when I would get upset, scared, um, hurt, it would really look to me like he was the source of my suffering. And so I would go external and I would chain, try to change him. I would try to change my circumstance. I would try to, um, you know, work on the relationship. Like I would look outside to try and find a sense of well-being. And it never worked. And it took a really um, significant toll on the goodwill in our relationship because he felt criticized. He, he felt that I was basically saying that he wasn't good enough as he was. And I was basically saying that. That was what I was saying. And, um, and so to realize that all that I had been looking for all along, if I had just looked inside and found that space within myself, I wouldn't have spent all that time and suffering because I was suffering doing that. And, and also our, our relationship wouldn't have um, been as difficult. And we're really fortunate that we were able to kind of navigate the difficulties. And, um, you know, we separated at one point, but we got back together. But, you know, just feel very grateful that we're able to weather that. Um, but place of well-being inside and knowing to look there when I'm not feeling okay has just been so helpful in terms of us being able to get along. And, and we had a very high, you know, I would say for a lot of our marriage, we had a very high conflict relationship and it's minimal at this point. Wow. When you say high conflict, what does that mean? It means um, a lot of drama, a lot of tears, a lot of hurt, fighting, um, a lot of fighting, a lot of fighting, active fighting, um, non-active fighting where we're both <laughs> in our corners but not speaking with each other, you know, yeah. conflict like that. And a lot of hurt, you know, hurt feelings and, and blame, blaming the other person for the conflict and um, holding on to a position you know, it's, it was 
and again, it wasn't all the time, but percentage wise, it was a lot of the time. And especially compared to what I know is available now, it's like, oh my goodness, how much time did we spend fighting, not, you know, not speaking to each other, feeling hurt, trying to make up, trying to change our relationship, going to workshops, you know, all that kind of stuff. And it's like, oh my goodness, so much effort when, and, and fundamentally what we see now is that, you know, our, our natural state is that of peace and love and well-being. That is our natural state. That is the natural state of every single human being, everyone. And so if that is our natural state, then that is the natural state of a relationship. Because when you have two people in their natural state, that is going to be the byproduct that they experience. And so rather than working at getting anywhere, it's actually relaxing back into the natural state of who you are and feeling the truth of that, feeling the, you know, I use the word security because that was really important to me. I spent a lot of my life not feeling safe in the world. Um, I spent a lot of my life um, trying to do things so that I would feel safe in the world. And none of it works. There is no feeling safe in the world, but there is an experience of inner peace and well-being and safety that is available. And it's a, it's a complete 180. At least it was a complete 180 for me to look for that inside of myself. Because even when I was doing sort of spiritual pursuits, um, like I, I had a very um, committed yoga practice and meditation practice, but I missed the point. And I'm not saying that's what the teaching was saying, but I missed the point while I was doing it because I was doing it to get somewhere. I was doing it to get something. And so I turned something that was very much a internal self-reflective process into a doing and a trying to get somewhere and a trying to improve myself. And, um, and of course, it doesn't work when we do that. And so we can turn anything into this pursuit of trying to find um, our our safety, security, well-being, peace of mind on the outside through doing, but ultimately it's through the, through the non-doing and through the being that we get that experience. And it's so much easier than I ever um, imagined and so much closer than I ever knew. Hmm. And um, in terms of intimacy, what does that mean to you? Because I know that you said internal, internal safety, um, because I think we all look for intimacy and then we talk about this word, um, but it means different things to different people. And I'm just curious about what you've seen in terms of having this understanding and intimacy being a byproduct of, uh, getting quiet. Yeah. Well, first I would say it, it started with a new intimacy with myself because I was very self-rejecting. I really judged myself. I really didn't like um, myself in terms of what I would perceive, what I would judge as weakness, what I would judge as um, not good enough. Like I really, um, really judged my insecurity. Like that was something that I just really didn't like about myself. And what this understanding did for me was it helped normalize the human experience. And it helped me to realize that what I was judging so harshly in myself was just a normal part of the human experience. It's like, would I judge, you know, having 
two hands. Like, no, I don't judge that. It's just, a, you know, what most people have. Um, so it's like, oh, insecurity is just a normal part of the human experience that comes and goes. It doesn't mean anything about me. So that understanding allowed me to have a, a deeper acceptance of all of me, all of my humanness, not just the parts that I liked. And so that was a, a greater experience of, of self-intimacy. And from there, there was a greater acceptance of Angus and all of his personality and how he shows up. So there's um, a much, much less judgment directed towards him. And in that natural acceptance, it just realizes, like, oh, there's nothing to be scared of here. If he gets dysregulated, if he gets angry, if he gets reactive, you know, the things that I would judge about him mostly was around his, um, when he would get angry, I would get very judgmental about that, just like I would get judgmental about myself if I felt insecure. So when I saw that, oh, that's just, you know, him getting caught up, he's going to settle, that's not who he is, no big deal here, nothing to look at, move along, give him some space. It allowed me to love, love him as he is. And to me, that's, a deeper level of intimacy that I didn't experience before because I really wasn't accepting of him. I liked the parts that I liked and I judged the parts that I didn't like. <laughs> and to let that go, there was such a, a level of love that became available. And, and in that, in a relationship, there's just a beautiful synergy that happens when we're able to love ourselves and the other person as they are, as we are without conditions, without judgment and, um, and really show up genuinely from that place. There's a beautiful synergy. And I want to be clear. I'm not saying that anything goes in a relationship. I'm not saying that people have to stay in relationships if they're not safe, if they're getting hurt. Um, but I, I would say that, having a deeper connection with this experience of peace of mind is going to give you the resources to make whatever relationship choices need to be made. And for me, the relationship choice I made was to stop judging my husband and to love him. And it wasn't an effort. It was just something that became natural when I saw that that was possible. And it really started with me recognizing and understanding more about the nature of human experience. and getting clear that that is not who we are. We are not our thoughts. We are not our feelings. We are not a behavior. Those are experiences that we have that come and go. And who we are is much deeper than that, much more profound than that. And that we can have a relationship with that within ourselves and with the other person that we're in relationship with. You know, um, Chip and Jan were speaking recently at the Soul Centered Series, and they talked about how Sydney Banks would share about not talking to the mask, talking beyond the mask. And, and it feels like in our relationship, I was constantly trying to change the mask. I was constantly talking to the mask, trying to change the mask, trying to fix the mask, whether it be my own or whether it be Angus's. And all of a sudden, there was this shift where it was no longer about the mask. It was about what was beyond that, behind that, deeper than that, whatever you want to say. There's no way to really put that into words. But having a relationship from that place was completely different. And what it did is it allowed me to love the mask, myself, mine and his, 
and and really see that there's no separation that it's all just part of the expression of who we really are and um and to love and appreciate that i love that you know what came to mind when you were speaking was um I was having a conversation earlier with someone about this and um, I was sharing how it's easy for me to see it in my son. So um, I'm able to really be compassionate towards him when he's having a major meltdown or you know, I just hold him or he'll just get, and I just kind of go, but we turn it into a joke or I just say, okay, I'm going to leave you be. And I'm just, you know, whenever you're ready, um, come find me. And I, and I was like, I can really see that with him, but find sort of the adult, the adult version of that quite challenging at times, especially those that are closest to me. Right. So, um, and what dawned on me today is that actually there's no difference and that was just this major thing of like oh my god there is no difference there is no difference it's just leo's in a smaller body and i have made something up about that um and when in actual fact he's just having an experience of life as everybody is and i just suddenly saw oh well when someone is upset angry pissed off they're just like a little child just having a bit of a run um Mm-hmm. And I just hadn't seen it in that light before until today. And and I don't know, just something really innocent and innocent sort of showed up in my awareness around that. Um, and yet I can still be hoodwinked. I can still go back in and not see it clearly at all. <laughs> Yeah, I want I want to be clear that I'm absolutely still on the learning curve with this. And it's like a little bit of this goes a really long way. Like even without being perfect, our relationship conflict is like 2% of what it used to be. And it's, it's, and neither one of us is perfect, but what you're describing is just so profound, simple and beautiful. Like it's innocent. It really is innocent. And when we can see the innocence we naturally see the suffering that's occurring and that when we see that, it just seems that the, the organic response to that is compassion. And I had never experienced compassion in the face of Angus's upset previous to this understanding. I don't think I had ever experienced compassion. I had always, you know, gone to a reactive taking it personal place. And, and that's what shifted is, you know, we had a really profound <clears throat> moment, <clears throat> excuse me, where, where he was, you know, doing his thing. And instead of me um, taking it personally, getting reactive, criticizing him or getting condescending, I genuinely saw he was suffering. And I saw the innocence, the, just the way you're describing and, and felt compassion. And he felt that. And he felt the genuineness of that. And that was transformative. And what he said was that because I wasn't reacting to him, you know, I don't know if he said these exact words, but it was like there was nothing for him to push against. 
there was nothing for him to react against. And so it felt to him like I was holding a mirror up and I wasn't doing that intentionally. But what I hear in that is that when I was, was not in a reactive place and actually in a very loving place, he was kind of left with his own conscience and able to hear it. And that naturally course corrected his behavior in a way that I had never been able to do all of those years. You know, but <laughs> it was within him. I didn't need to be doing it. It was within him. And he finally was able to hear like, and, and like, what am I doing here? That's so beautiful. And I guess for some of us, that's true. And then for other of us, it may not be true. It may be that what was the George Pransky said? I loved it. It's like the earliest warning sign is death. <laughs> <laughs> you just never clock it, right? It's like, mm-hmm. oh, okay. Um, <laughs> because I, I'm, it's interesting to me because I, you know, I move in the area of relationships and people and this and that. And what I notice is there are some easier characters than others, right? it seems to me that there are some easier characters than others. So if somebody's listening in and going, yeah, but that's, this is great. But um, love and compassion towards somebody that is being mean or angry or who has a tendency to actually um, blame and be the victim and all of that. What would you say to that? Mm. The first piece is to find your own well-being and peace of mind independent of them, you know, mm-hmm. and to know that that's available and that that can't be taken away from us or from you is so empowering. And, and as I said earlier, make life decisions from that place of peace inside of yourself and, and see what occurs to you in terms of your own common sense and wisdom um, related to whatever you're addressing in your life. And so I can't know what's going to occur to someone from their place of wisdom, but understanding that that's what you're listening to is so important because so often what, what, you know, Angus and I see is that people make relationship decisions from a place of reactivity, upset and anger and they don't um, really seek out that space within where they're connected with their own knowing, where they're connected with their uh, deeper self. And, and it's worth making that journey to create a relationship from that place or to decide to leave a relationship from that place. Mm-hmm. If somebody says, from a place of love, compassion, and understanding that their wisdom is guiding them to lead the relationship, I would trust that. More often than not, that's not the guidance that people are given. But it can be. I'm not saying it couldn't be and that it isn't. But a lot of people make decisions to end relationships from the reactive upset place. And so to me, it's not that that's necessarily the wrong decision, but it's about really getting to the place where it's coming from um, the most clarity and, and really the deeper wisdom. And for the most part, relationships are, you know, I see them as a learning, a learning curve for us and as a, 
as a real catalyst to help us connect more deeply with our true nature. I, I just, I think that's, you know, to answer your first question, that's probably another reason why I love working with people on their relationships, especially their intimate relationships, because that's where the rubber really hits the road. You know, it's so easy to kind of maintain our equanimity in many other parts of life, but in our personal intimate relationships, you know, we often aren't able to do that. And that's a good thing. I don't see that as a bad thing because we get to really see the edge of our grounding. We get to really see where we forget who we are and where we fall into um, the notion that somebody has the capacity to make us happy or unhappy. And, and it may seem hard, like when you're saying about the people listening, it may seem hard for someone to recognize that if they're with a partner who is angry and and behaving in um, blaming and unpleasant ways, like, how can you be happy? But what I'm talking about is a, a state of mind that is available in the face of that. And I'm saying that from a place of being the person that thought I couldn't be happy in the face of that. You know, I really believe that I was in a relationship where I couldn't be happy. You know, that was something that just felt true to me. And it was not because of me that I couldn't be happy. It was not coming from me. I really believed it was coming from Angus's behavior. And, um, you know, it was, it was not possible. And to find that space of okayness and peace is the best gift anyone can give themselves as far as I'm concerned. It is um, so nourishing and revitalizing and um, enlightening in terms of the, just the clarity that we get and the, the place that we see from it's, it's really the interrupt to condition patterns of thought because it really brings us present to the here and now and we see from the here and now and from there there's so many possibilities that we're not able to see when we're in that reactive state and I would have thrown the relationship away like I said we were briefly separated I was quite you know I was much I was always the one that was more um gonna be the one to jump ship you know that was it was hard for me to really be fully committed. And, um, but it was all based on a misunderstanding that he was the cause of my suffering. And what I, you know, what I was fortunately able to see, even, you know, we actually did read the relationship handbook at that time. So that probably helped me see this. But what I got to see is that it was, I was going to still have that experience, whether I was with Angus or not whether I was with someone else or not, that it wasn't about him, that it was actually me. And that was a very humbling um, moment to recognize that, oh, this upset has actually got nothing to do with him. It's coming from inside of me. And um, it, it really, on some level, as humbling as it was, it was also profoundly freeing. Mm -hmm. Well, I imagine also for the other person too, in that, yes. you know, they don't feel the pressure to perform. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's amazing to see how relationships transform. You know, I was hopeless and 
I had no vision for what was available. Like if you had told right. me then that Angus and I would be doing this work together, that we'd be teaching together, right. that we would, you know, I'd be like, you're kidding me. That's crazy. That's crazy talk. It would have just been crazy talk to me. And um, it's like, I just didn't see what was possible. Wow. And I didn't see how my, sh- the way that I was showing up in the relationship was like putting fuel on a fire in terms of the things that were bothering me about him. And so it's like, there was, you know, constant flare ups. And that as soon as I shifted my way of being, that did shift the relationship. Now, we can't, I can't guarantee that for everybody, but I can say that when we shift to a new understanding inside of ourselves, we see more possibilities that we don't see previous to that. And, and it's sort of like, I'm so grateful that I didn't, that I didn't lose the relationship at that level of understanding and that somehow we found a way to, to kind of um, be together so that we could, you know, get to a new place of seeing what was really available to us in our relationship. So I'm the eternal optimist in terms of relationships because I've lived it and I've seen it. But again, not from a place of attachment and believing people should stay together, just because I know what is possible. And for the most part, when people love each other, they fundamentally want to stay together. They just don't know how, and they don't think that they can be happy. And that was my case. I loved Angus, but I just didn't think I could be happy in a relationship with him. And the truth is that I just wasn't able to see, um, I wasn't seeing where my unhappiness was coming from. I wasn't seeing it. And I was hanging it on him and it wasn't his fault. Hmm. Even though he behaved badly. I'm not going to say he wasn't behaving badly at times. <laughs> he was. But my unhappiness was not coming from that. So if somebody is saying, oh, well, you know, how do I, how do I check in with my wisdom? Um, how do you know? Like, how do you know that it's coming from a place of wisdom or, or from a place of not seeing it clearly? Well, I think we all have to kind of reference in our life times when we know that we've been listening more deeply and kind of use that as a reference point for knowing what the feeling is when we know that we're listening in that way. So for me, um, there's a neutrality. There's not a reactivity, an emotionality, a hurt. There's this kind of a knowing. And um, there can be a nice feeling, but not always. It can sometimes be just an, I just know. I just know this is what I need to do. And I think we all have those moments in our life where we just know something and we just know that we know something and we may not know how we know it, but we just know. And that's, that is my reference point. And so it's looking to what's, what is each person's reference point for recognizing when they're listening to what's true inside of themselves and experientially remembering how that feels and being able to recognize it when it shows up. And, um, you know, I just, it's for me, it's very much a gut feeling and it's, it's, it's just, it's something that I recognize has guided me over the years of my life and that when I've listened to it, um, it makes sense. And when I don't listen to it, it's kind of, I get feedback as to I should have listened to it. <laughs> it's usually. 
but I don't want to make it anything really grandiose or special. It's like, you know, we all have common sense. We just know like, oh, that's, that's what I want to do or that's the right thing to do. It's, it's kind of common sense is another term for wisdom. I love that. So if somebody's listening to you and they go, right, I'd love to get in touch with Rohini. Um, how can they do that? The best way to get in touch with me is through my website, uh, rohiniross.com. There's a place to message if you want to email me. You can email me there. If you would like to check out uh, my blog posts, I have a lot of blog posts on relationships. And if you share um, links as part of your podcast, I can give you a link for a free ebook about relationships. Too. Perfect. Lovely. Well, thank you so much. It's been wonderful. And I've just loved every moment of it. Thank you, Rohini. And um, for those of you that have been listening in, I hope that something in this conversation might have landed a uh, penny drop or, you know, maybe something else. <laughs> so yeah, thank you so much, Rohini. Until the next time, bye-bye for now. And there we have it. Another amazing episode of The Joy of Being. And if you'd like a more personalized touch to live a stress-free life, then why not find out more about The Joy of Being Retreat, an intimate four-day profound experience at a luxury venue in Javier, Spain, where you get to experience your inner calm and peace of mind by slowing down and making space. To find out more, email me at marina, marinapearson.com with Joy of Being Retreat in the title. If you loved what you heard here today and it's been helpful, why not subscribe or share the podcast with others? So until next week's episode... Remember, you are the joy you seek.